Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. In our day and age, if the gospel is going to advance, we've got to lay down our lives and sometimes our rights as well for the benefit of others. But listen, hopefully the next time something comes along, it's, it's kind of water under the bridge now, but the next time something comes along or the next time, we don't have to wait for another pandemic, the next time we encounter a weaker brother or sister, we need to do better. We need to do better. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of 1 Corinthians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 23, in a message titled, All Things to All People for the Sake of the Gospel. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Don't use your freedom as a cloak for sin. And some have indeed done that. I have seen this over and over and over again. And so, because Paul says, I become all things to all people, I've heard some people say, well, hey, you know, uh, I want to get the gospel to my friends, and they like to get together, and they like to you know, smoke a little weed and just hang out. And hey, you know, God said to be all things to all men. So I just, you know, sure. Yeah, pass me that joint. And hey, let's talk about Jesus. And (laughs) no, (laughs) that's not what Paul's talking about. That's not what he did. It's not taking my Christian liberty and saying, wow, I can do all of this stuff with it. Paul's using this liberty in the exact opposite direction of what they're promoting. See, we have to remember that the freedom we have, it's a freedom. It's not only a freedom to do certain things. It's also freedom to not do things. Because what we never want to do is we never want to, as as we've already said, we never want to stumble anybody. But the other thing we never want to do is we never want to risk bringing ourselves back into bondage to something that God has already freed us from. And that's what can happen. And we have to be realistic about it. So in becoming all things to all people, Paul is talking about giving up his own rights so as to remove any stumbling block out of the way of faith. So let me read verses 19 through 23 once again. Though I am free and belong to no one. So that's his position. I I have total freedom. I have made myself, even though that's my case, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many people as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessing. So look at the groups of people that Paul mentions here. And He starts with the Jew. 
So he says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. Now, if you know anything, you know that Paul is a Jew. But Paul is a Jew who has met Christ. So he's no longer bound to Jewish customs and culture and things like that. Jewish culture was very, I mean, it, obviously, it just permeated the lives of everybody. And it was something that all Jewish people were expected to abide by. And it's not necessarily religious. If you know Jewish people today, I know Jewish atheists who still abide very strictly by customs that have some link back to the Bible, but they don't think of it in those terms because they don't necessarily believe in God. It's just, it's Jewish. It's the Jewish thing to do. And if you're Jewish, you do this stuff. And if you don't do this stuff, then you're in trouble with the Jewish community. So it is really a cultural issue. So as a follower of Jesus, Paul was free from the cultural trappings of the Jews, yet he would follow them among the Jews so as to not hinder any from seeing the glory of the Messiah. So here's the kind of person that Paul was. Paul was a person who was sensitive, not just to those legal things, but he was sensitive to cultural things. He recognized that culture goes so deep with people that to offend them culturally, you could actually hinder them from coming to faith in Christ. And he didn't want to do that. So when he was among Jews, he wasn't exercising his freedoms like, you know, hey, look, I met Jesus, the Messiah. He has made it clear that we're no longer under these trappings. You people are all still in this cultural bondage. You need to break out of that. Paul didn't go there at all. Paul just simply was like, okay, I'm with the Jews. And so I'm just going to do Jewish things. So the Jews and here talking particularly about their culture, but now he gets even more specific under the law because the Jews had their culture, but they also had the law that came through Moses. And so as a follower of Jesus, Paul was free from those laws as well. And an easy example to illustrate this with would be the kosher laws of the Jews. So the kosher laws of the Jews have to do with diet. And even to this very day, Jews are very strict about the way they eat, religious Jews. And so Paul, in his freedom, he could now eat anything. But again, lest he stumble them and hinder any from seeing the beauty of Christ, he happily submits even to the kosher laws. So when Paul is gathering with Jewish people and they're breaking out the kosher food, he's not saying, you know, I hate this kosher stuff. I just really need some spare ribs right now. You guys, you, guys, you know, you should try bacon. It's amazing. <laughs> he's not doing anything like that. He sits at him. They're under the law. He's going to be like this. So again, the point is he's not going to stumble anybody. Then he speaks of this other group without the law. Now he's talking about Gentiles. And to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, Paul doesn't seek to impose Jewish customs or culture on the Gentiles. Now, again, as I was saying a moment ago, historically, the church has done this. Well, the Jews did the exact same thing. 
Because in the early church, which began Jewish, many of the Jews, especially in Jerusalem, they couldn't disconnect the gospel from Judaism. So they believed that in order for Gentiles to become followers of Jesus, they had to also become Jews. Paul said, no, that is not the case. But there were intense battles over this in the early church. And the book of Acts in the 10th chapter, we get the story of how the Lord sends Peter to this Roman centurion named Cornelius. He sends him to the house of Cornelius to bring them the gospel by miraculously giving Peter a vision where he saw this sheet that comes down from heaven and there's all of these animals on it that are forbidden by the Mosaic law to eat. And the voice from heaven says to Peter, rise, kill and eat. Peter protests, Lord, I've never eaten anything like this in my life. I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And the Lord's response is, don't call common or unclean what I have cleansed. And this was all in preparation for him to go to the house of Cornelius. So when he gets to the house of Cornelius and Cornelius tells him an angel has sent for him, Peter's perplexed and he says, well, you know that it's unlawful for a Jew to enter into the house of a Gentile. Now, this is nowhere did the law say that, but that was Jewish culture at that point. And Peter gets freed up, but here's what happens. Later, and the book of Galatians tells us this story, when the gospel has gone to the city of Antioch, which is predominantly Gentile, and the church is predominantly Gentile, and Paul is the one who has led the ministry there, Peter comes and he enjoys, he sees the freedom, but then certain Jews come from Jerusalem and Peter, who was formerly eating with Gentiles, he draws back because he knows that the people in Jerusalem don't like this. And because why? The people in Jerusalem think that the Gentiles need to become Jews if they're going to be really good Christians. But Paul knows this isn't true. And so he has a contention publicly with Peter. He rebukes Peter. That's that, cl that classic story where that happens. But it's all around this same thing that Paul's talking about here. So to the Gentiles, Paul doesn't seek to impose these other restrictions on them, recognizing that the custom and culture of Judaism is not the gospel. They're different things. And then the last category is the weak. Now, this is the group that the whole conversation is really about, the, the weak. What does Paul say? Now, the weak are the people whose conscience would not allow them to eat meat offered to idols. So the strong group, that's insisting they can exercise their rights and nobody should challenge them. The Stone Group would look at this group whose conscience would bother them and just basically they would just be like, can you guys get over this? I mean, this is ridiculous. These idols are nothing. Can't you figure that out? That, that's, it's so stupid that you're bound by this. I mean, come on, just eat the meat. But the weaker person is like, Oh, you're probably right, but I don't know. I just still feel like it's, I just feel something. And, and the stronger group, 
rather than be compassionate or understanding, they would just hold them in contempt. And sometimes this is what we do even today. If we see somebody who has a conviction that we know that true Christian liberty would allow them to be freed from that, we talked about this in the last time, we're impatient with them and we can even hold them in, in contempt and think, come on, what's the matter with you? Or those people, oh yeah, that, those people, you know, they're all hung up on legalism. Now legalism is a real thing and it's a bad thing. But sometimes these days it gets applied where it should not be applied. It's not legalism, it's just simply conviction. So, for those whose consciences would not allow them to eat meat offered to idols, the strong group held them in contempt, but here's what Paul did. Paul sympathized with them and would limit his rights so as not to offend them. See, that's what's really bothering this other group. We don't want these people to control what we do. We're free. So here again, Paul's arguments. You're free? Well, I'm free. I'm an apostle. You know, well, I know too. And I can even build a strong spiritual case or a strong scriptural case for my position. But that's not the point. The point is, Paul put aside his own personal rights and preferences in order to remove anything that could keep someone from coming to faith in Jesus. That's radical. Paul was a radical guy. But you see, that was not only radical, that was love. That's what love does. Love does not seek its own. He's going to say that in 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love does not seek its own. Love is more interested in the other than in self because this is what Jesus did. Jesus put others in front of himself. And that's what we, as the people of God, are to do. I think of how many in the church, during the height of COVID, missed an opportunity to do the very thing Paul is saying he does here. I'm afraid that some Christians were more concerned with making sure that no one was trampling on their rights than was showing love to their neighbor by complying with pandemic restrictions and guidelines. That's just a fact. That's a reality that some people don't even want to think about, but it is true. You know, it's a sad moment, truly, when there's a crisis in the world and there's a lack of leadership And you would hope that the church could rise to the occasion and show people God's way. This is an opportune moment. Moments like these don't come along all that often. But what's happened during this moment? That for many, they're more convinced than ever that they don't want to have anything to do with the church or Christians because of the way they saw Christians behaving during this pandemic with all of the insistence on my rights. 
You're not going to mess with my rights. You're not going to trample my rights underfoot. Well, listen, if Jesus would have thought that way, none of us would ever be saved. If Paul would have thought that way, the gospel never would have gone anywhere outside of the small boundaries of Judaism. And in our day and age, if the gospel is going to advance, we've got to lay down our lives and sometimes our rights as well for the benefit of others. It's true. And I'm happy some of you agree. (laughs) And if you don't, that's okay too. But listen, hopefully the next time something comes along, it's it's kind of water under the bridge now, (laughs) kind of, not totally. But But the next time something comes along or the next time, we don't have to wait for another pandemic, the next time we encounter a weaker brother or sister, we need to do better. We need to do better. Because as Paul says over and over here seven times, it is not about your rights. It is about the gospel. And Paul's whole point is, I'm I'm not going to do anything to hinder the gospel. And I'm going to do everything possible that some might be saved. You see, Paul understood what was at stake. It was the salvation of people. And Paul understood that, that there were certain things that might cause people to refuse a hearing of the gospel. You know, one of the things that Paul's arguing here on a personal level is he's saying that he preaches the gospel for free. He doesn't even take any financial compensation for it. It's not because he couldn't. He completely could, and he argues that here. But he says that he refused to do it. Look at verse 15. He's talking about his rights, the rights that come to him through what the Bible says about those who preach the gospel are to receive their living from the gospel. But then he says in verse 15, but I have not used any of these rights. And I'm not writing this in hope that you will do such things for me. They might be thinking at this point, oh, Paul's doing like a reverse psychology on us. He really wants, he really wants us to support him financially. So, you know, he's kind of coming around it or coming to it from from the back door, building his case for scriptural support. But Paul can almost anticipate that that's what they're thinking. He says, I'm not writing this in the hope that you will do such a thing for me, for I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And then he goes on, what is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge. So this is where Paul was. He has a right to receive financial compensation, as I said. He just says, you know what? I don't need it. Because I don't want anybody to say that I do this for the money and Therefore, the gospel is just another scam by which people can get rich. Paul says, I'm not going to risk that. 
I have the right to do it. The Bible gives me the right to do it. But he has chosen. So he's calling them to something that in comparison to what he does is relatively simple. Don't go to the idol temple and eat. That's what he's telling them not to do. Because you're, you're going to stumble somebody else. But then he talks about, but this is what I do. This is, I am so concerned not to stumble anybody. This is what I do. And so, again, that I might save some. Do we want to see people saved? Do we value the soul? Do we realize that it's eternal life that is on the line here? And I think when we get that perspective and that perspective on the gospel, then we will follow the example of Paul. And remember, again, all of this is in the context of everyday discipleship. All of this is in the context of living as disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, not for ourselves, but for him, and not for our immediate comfort, but for the greater cause of the kingdom of God. That's how we're to live. And as we close this morning, as we do each week, we're going to take these next few moments and just let the Lord, by the Spirit, impress on our hearts today where this might apply to us. And I encourage you, just be open, be transparent. Just, you know, as we go into this, just say, Lord, you know, if I've done this, maybe in the course of the message, you've realized that, yeah, I've been like that. And this is a time to just say, Lord, forgive me and give me your heart and your perspective on these things. And if you look at this and feel like, yeah, this is kind of where I've been, that's great. Don't be proud of that, but just say, Lord, you know, keep me in that place of humility where we can continue to do all things for the sake of God. And now let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. An important aspect of the Christian life is understanding that we are in a spiritual battle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, the Apostle Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 6, but we are in a war against these principalities and powers, against these spiritual beings. And so I've written a book that was at one time entitled Spiritual Warfare, but in the updated version, I changed the title to The Powers of Darkness and the People of God. And I think this is such an important book. So many of us go about experiencing the what is really the attack of, of the devil, but we don't even realize that that's what's going on. So this book will inform you not only of how to detect when the enemy is at work, but also of how to combat the various schemes of the enemy to mess with us and to undermine our faith and to just basically make our lives miserable. So I want to encourage you to pick up a copy of The Powers of Darkness and the People of God. Again, this month's resource is a book titled The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Brian Broderson. You can order the book The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. 
Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Brian Broderson. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of 1 Corinthians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. Hi, this is Cheryl and Brian Broderson. And we wanted to tell you that we're going to Israel in October 2022. And we want you there with us. Yeah, the dates are October 23rd through November 4th. And this is going to be a tremendous trip. Cheryl, what's your favorite thing about Israel? I love the Galilee, but Brian... You and I both know there's so much because we love watching the Bible come alive, whether you're at Tel Aviv or you're at Jerusalem or Caesarea. Yep. Or Mount Mount Carmel. Carmel. Yes. And it is the trip of a lifetime. So we'd love to have you join us. And if you're interested, we're going to have an informational meeting on Sunday, March 20th at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Or you can find out the details if you go online at israel.cccm.com. Yep. We hope you can join us. It's going to be great. It will be.